0: Welcome to this week's episode of Zero to a Million, brought to you by Unstack. I'm your host, Zach Rigo. Today, I'm joined by Elaine Sia, co-founder of EH Chocolatier. Elaine, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Oh, thanks for having me.
0: So uh, excited to get the background of the story. Obviously, um, we exchanged some emails about it. You you had met a friend years ago on Martha's Vineyard, which is where I vacation often and and love to visit. Um, But take me through a bit of your background before, you know, founding uh, a chocolate business.
1: Yeah, my my background basically... um, I went to school and uh, graduated with a degree in medicine, so I'm actually a physician by training. Um, I practiced for a number of years, did some healthcare consulting, um, and during that time, I also went to culinary school. Uh, it was something I enjoyed cooking, so I wanted to sort of pursue that a little bit more seriously and um, and found that I really enjoyed doing pastry work. So um, while I was doing my healthcare consulting, I had a small pastry business on the side, kind of like a high-end boutique, private, um, dessert business. And, um, during that time I became good friends, uh, with, uh, my partner, Catherine Sweeney, who we met because we have a mutual friend who invited both of us to make her wedding cake. Um, we had never met before and neither of us have ever met, made a wedding cake, um, not quite sure where she was when she was thinking about that. Um, But, you know, we, you know, we, we kind of met and then, you know, the, my friend who's wedding, it was, it just kind of escalated. It went from like what we thought would be a simple three tier cake to like, Oh, you know, uh, actually I would really like this cake that I've seen on the cover of Cape Cod weddings. And it was this like cascading, edible chocolates, you know, three tier extravaganza, um, from this very well known, um, wedding cake maker in the area. Uh, and we were like, Oh, okay. Uh, Hmm. And then she said, Oh, and I forgot to mention, I'm getting married in like August in, uh, on Martha's Vineyard and the venue is outside. So, um, So over a course of several weeks to months, Catherine and I kind of made our way through making this cake, which was actually the easiest thing to do, was making the cake and like just doing the frosting. The hardest part was sort of the decor. And I think it was really kind of, um, you know, in retrospect, when I think about it, it was really where Catherine and I kind of connected and um, I think really was sort of the basis of working with chocolate, because that's what we ended up making the shells out of, was uh, chocolate. Um, and then we sort of created our own molds um, out of real seashells, and, um, and then we sort of decorated it so that it would look m- like actual seashells. And I think that process took a very long time to figure out, problem-solving-wise. Um, but also, I think it really, um, I think it could have gone wrong in many ways. Uh, but instead, I think it really kind of was this fun process with someone I didn't really know that well um, over kind of a challenging project, um, which in the end turned out to be really, um, a lot of fun. Like I, like Catherine and I had a great time doing it. And, you know, once the cake was kind of delivered, put together, um, and, uh, finally eaten, we could both kind of be like, Oh my God, thank (laughs) God done with that. So, so we became really good friends over time with that. And so she, um, worked over at Harvard, um, in financial aid and admissions, and she was ready to take uh, her retirement. And I was, you know, I'd practiced enough and had done enough healthcare consulting that I was really interested in moving to a different space. Um, So when she said, well, I'm thinking of taking a retirement, I said, well, you know, had you ever thought about starting a business? And she said, no, actually, I have no interest in starting a business. (laughs) Um, So we ended up, um, I ended up cajoling her um, through the course of a year. where we just did a lot of chocolate work at my house. And um, at that time, it was like 2009. So she retired, I sort of semi-retired from my work. And we started this um, friends and family program. It's a chocolate of the month club. Uh, we did that for about nine months. And really it was it was a great way to, um, to test recipes, get better at doing what we do, um, which neither of us are professionally trained as chocolatiers, so we're self-taught. And um, and figure out like uh, all the little pieces to it because I think you know it's, it's one thing to like make chocolates for like the holidays, which is what we used to do, and like put them in a container and give it to your friends. Um, it's right. another thing to figure out how to do it and then actually um, deliver it, whether you're shipping it or dropping it off in a way that it'll arrive in a great condition. So that nine month was a great period of time. We we built um, a website with a developer um, on I think it was Magento at the time, which I think was a, it's an open platform, right? Yep. Um, and you know we took photos. We figured out how to work with USPS in terms of shipping. We tested warm weather packaging so things wouldn't melt. So we both have friends in like very hot places in the U.S. So we we're constantly like shipping them things and kind of <laughs> saying, okay, <laughs> take a picture.
0: What does it, it look like?
1: Um, so, and and you know, it was really kind of um, you know, working out just a lot of those systems that I think um, you don't really appreciate go into actually having a business versus like doing something that you love to do. Um, but at the end of the nine months, it was it was great because we have figured out a lot of the issues, not all of them. That never seems to be ending, <laughs> but. Um, you know, and we also actually, you know, cause we sold it, we actually had this very nice kind of, um, you know, nut of cash to actually move forward to an actual commercial space. Um, but like most importantly, because Catherine and I were friends before we started this, you know, you always hear about, you know, good friends wanting to start a business together and then it becomes a complete disaster. They never speak to each other again. And, um, I would say that Catherine and I just became even closer friends. Um, Hmm. She and I are very well paired. Uh, We're very yin yang. She's her strengths are my weaknesses and vice versa. And, um, and it was a very, it, we paired very well. Um, I think that we always sort of, um, we always sort of joke about how the two of us make up one brain basically. And, um, and so that was sort of the beginning of, um, of our business.
0: So you started with a website Obviously, you started shipping because you were delivering them, whether it was long distance shipping or not, you started delivering them to, to friends and family. Um, and you, that obviously lends itself to starting with e-commerce and solving the shipping problems, which y'all did. Uh, how did that evolve and, and start to grow into the business that it is today with, you know, a physical location and, and others?
1: Well, You know, in the beginning it was very, um, labor intensive in terms of the shipping because we would go onto the USPS website and I don't know if you've ever experienced that, but it's (laughs) not shipping friendly, especially when you want to ship a lot of things. So that actually took a tremendous amount of time in the very beginning. Um, in 2010, um, sort of with that amount of cash that we had, we ended up renting a commercial kitchen space in an industrial building. So we were on the second floor and, um. For the most part, we were, we were doing a combination of wholesale to some uh, local businesses um, as well as trying to develop our e-commerce um, parts. And I would say over probably over a couple of years, we um, managed to streamline things where um, you know we, we kind of knew what box sizes we needed, we knew where to order them from, we knew how often to do that. Similarly, for, you know, we source really good warm weather packaging that um, they have a lab there. So they tested out different temperatures with our products so they could give us like a real like a like real data in terms of, um, you know, you have three days. If you put this amount of ice three days in this temperature, it'll be perfect when it arrives. Um, And eventually um, not so much on Magento when we shipped it to Shopify, which I think was. I think in 2013, um, so three years, um, from when we started, uh, you know, with Shopify was sort of nice about the platform is that there's all these apps and third party providers. Um, and so we use shipping easy and it really, it just made the whole thing so much better. Um, you know, um, they're integrated orders that come in, um, end up just sort of, you know, sort of automatically shipping, uh, to go to shipping easy. We generate our pick list from there. Um, all our shipping labels come out of there very automatically. Um, so, um, so it was a little bit of a process, but once we had it dialed in, um, after the first two or three years, um, it's really, um, it's really worked well for us. I mean, I, I would say this past couple of years, especially with the pandemic, we've had even more shipping than usual. Um, so that's been a bit challenging in terms of the physical space because we don't have a very large space. So that is right, um, right. that is one thing that we are now running into is the fact that um, we're, we're limited um, in some ways by the physical space that we have. Um,
0: so so in those early days, what was, and let's say, we you know, hey, we start with, we get on Shopify, we kind of get our systems in place to where we can scale, right? There's there's some things that just aren't scalable early with any business, but you get it to a place where you feel like you can scale. What was really driving the demand for the business at that point? And, and was it just word of mouth? Was there any marketing that was going into driving traffic to the website? We'd love to hear a little bit about how you all scaled earlier in the the business?
1: Yeah, for us, what we found um, was a couple of things. So word of mouth. So from that initial group of friends and family, um, they um, provided us with quite a network. The second thing was we um, very early on um, did direct marketing in the sense by using newsletters. So we've always Mm -hmm. used um, e-newsletters for our customers. And I would say that that is, in terms of marketing, that is the primary one that we use that's the most, um, effective. Um, you know, we, it, it just, um, you know, our, our list has grown over the years. Um, and, uh, and we, we constantly, use. we don't try to send too many to bombard people, but enough that people don't forget about us. Um, and honestly, press was really the other way that people found us. We've had a lot of, we've been really lucky. We've had really good press from the very beginning. Um, you know, we were in the New York times for best in box. We were like, um, we've been in food and wine as like one of the top 50 chocolate shops in the U S we were voted like one of the top 10 chocolatiers in North America, by dessert professional. So, you know, there's like fodder, I mean, we've had a lot of like local press, like best in Boston several years. So what we found that whenever we get a hit like that, it really expands our market, um, people are just attracted to that kind of press. Um, and, um, and it is one of the things that once you get some press, um, you're now <laughs> gaining attention. So then other people who are maybe a larger geographic catchment will sort of see it and then they'll pick you up. Um, so, so I'd say those are for us the, the ones that seem to have the most direct, um, effect we we've tried to, because we're not that large and, um, it seemed like um, any kind of like Facebook ads, Google ads, that type of advertising really requires, a, um, it requires a lot of work, I think, to do it properly um, and to do it effectively. Um, we've dallied a little bit in it, you know, and made some commitments of our budget to it. But I think our experience has been that it hasn't been that effective for us, I think for other people it has, but we just don't, we're just not large enough really to, um, we're really like, just not large enough to have anybody sort of on staff or even, um, and we're, we do not have enough in our budget to really kind of pay an outside service to do it for us properly. Um, so we, we don't actually do that much digital advertising in those areas.
0: And what is the uh, the newsletter that take me through that? Is that just a consistent update of what's what's new in the business, new products, new designs, things of that nature? Like, I'd love to hear how you're keeping at that mailing list engaged. Yeah, um, because I do see this as a product like uh, online and correct me if I'm wrong. But to me, this seems like an event like I'm having a dinner party. I'm having a wedding. I'm having a, you know, 30th, 40th birthday party or something like I'm going to buy these like really beautiful design, you know, chocolates and display them or I'm walking down the street and I'm like, Hey, I'm popping in here and grabbing some stuff, which is a different experience. Um, but would love to hear kind of how you're engaging with your audience through email.
1: Yeah. So, so it's interesting that you say that because I, I think that, um, um, that sort of event kind of chocolate, um, is a very small percentage of our business. Hmm. Um, Most of the people who come to us, whether they're sort of walking to the shop or they're coming to us online to order, they're just chocolate lovers. You know, they just, they just love to eat chocolate or they know people who love to eat chocolate or they're like, I've had this great chocolate and I want you to try it. And so, and and so with the newsletter, um, because chocolate um, is seasonal or can be seasonal, you know, we basically hit all the holidays. So, you know, every single major holiday. Um, we have some sort of seasonal, um, chocolate related to that. And what we do with the newsletter is it's sort of plotted out, um, around sort of plots out around the holidays, um, in terms of like announcing the collection for like, say the fall or for the holidays or for Hanukkah or for, you know, for Mother's Day, um, usually gets sent out like a month in advance. And then we sort of tick off like, you know, at least once a week. Something's featured from that collection um, where we sort of talk about, you know, how it was made or like whose favorite it was or how you might think about giving it to someone Um, and interspersed with that newsletter um, will be other things that are kind of happening. So we have, you know, our newsletter list is broken out to like um, a general everybody list and a smaller local list. So the smaller local list might get more newsletters because they're on the general list and the local list. Mm -hmm. And so with the local list, they'll get things that we don't offer online because they don't ship well, um, or it's like a last minute thing the kitchen's making and I just want to kind of move it, Um, or we're having a pop-up or some sort of event or like holiday stroll or, you know, announcing that we've got our iced drinks are back on the menu. So that's, um, so the local gets that part plus the bigger, um, mailing list. The bigger mailing list is basically to everybody who has signed on who, you know, will either ship or like I said, locally might stop by and those are they're around seasonals. And then they also will, um, you know, sometimes we'll add certain features to it, depending on what's going on. Like if one of my chefs is giving a virtual class that's coming up, um, we'll add that in. If we, um, you know, if something kind of fun's happening, um, we'll add that in. If we're doing something, um, even if it's not seasonal, if we, we have these things called um, MMBs or mini micro batches. So basically it's a very sort of limited edition, maybe 50 units and yeah. they'll go first to our VIP. We actually have a small VIP list. So those are the folks who purchase from us um, over a certain amount of dollars or over a certain amount of times every year. You know, we sort of assess it every year. Um, and those people will get first chance at the MMEs. So they get the email first, um, and they know that. And then, um, then like maybe 12 hours, 24 hours later, we release it to the general list. Um, and those typically go like, I don't know, like in an hour. Um, I love that.
0: Yeah. Two, two really interesting things you mentioned there that I've actually heard from a few in very different product lines too, but from a few merchants, um, you know, product launches or, or you know, creating these experiences around a product, which is kind of what you mentioned with your VIP list. I love that you've created a community with the VIP list, and you've also created a community with the classes, which is unique and something that not a lot of, of you know e-commerce stores are doing. I think you see that a lot in, in other spaces, but I think that's a great, great experience for customer engagement and to get them really close to the product as well um, and, and feel really connected to the business, which is key when you're a smaller business than maybe some of the other chocolate, you know, companies in the world. So that that's a, a really, really cool experience. And I'd encourage anyone listening to this to actually start to think about how they might implement something similar.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we found that it's really, um, you know, when, uh, if they haven't heard from us in a while, I feel like things kind of come to a little bit of a lull. Um, so for us, it's always about sort of making sure that we're engaging them with them, at least, at least on a weekly basis, we try to Give them a little break in the summertime, the general list, because shipping in the summer is very hot. So, and most people are traveling and they're not really thinking chocolate. So, the general list doesn't see us as much in the summer, but local list does. Um, but we we always try to make sure that we're in touch with um, with our folks. Love it,
0: Elaine. Where can everyone uh, learn more about EH Chocolatier and uh, and potentially sign up for one of these? Honestly, the Big Tasty looks amazing. I sent uh, Grant to on a run to go buy some stuff already. So where can everyone learn more about, about the product and, uh, and even visit you? Obviously, a lot of our listeners are in uh, Cambridge and the Boston area.
1: Yeah. So, you know, you can always go to our website, which is ehchocolatier.com. Um, you know, we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, I believe. Um, and uh, the handle is at ehchocolatier. Um, Instagram, I think, is where we're the most active.
0: Um, this product lends itself to Instagram.
1: Yeah. Yeah. like a lot of beautiful, (laughs) beautiful food here. And, um, and you know, we're located in West Cambridge. So we're at 145 Huron Avenue, Cambridge. Um, so it's, you know, it's a nice neighborhood, nice area. Um, and we're there Tuesday through Saturday from 11 to five, um, and closed on Sunday and Monday.
0: Awesome. And and for any of our uh, corporate listeners, which obviously there are a bunch there, you do corporate gifts as well. It looks like there's some some pages dedicated to, to yeah. that.
1: Yeah, we're very excited about that. We literally just launched those pages like Love it. two days ago. Normally, um, you have to actually or in the past, it's always this back and forth with emails between um, Catherine, who handles all the corporate and custom orders. Um, but now we developed it such that people, um, who are interested can learn more details, uh, in terms of like cost and, you know, they want to customize it, what the cost would be there, timeline, um, but they can actually order it online now. Um, and we also have set it up so that they can upload their, um, shipping addresses. So we also ship. So, you know, we'll ship any, like we said, anywhere in the US. We don't ship internationally. Um, but we are happy to do your shipping. So, you know, we've seen a lot of that for during the pandemic. We saw a lot of companies shipping to their employees, which was really a nice thing to see. Um, and uh, the holidays is a big time for people to ship to their um, clients, you know, sort of their VIP folks. Um, and we always we encourage people. If anybody's listening, uh, we encourage you to um, to get in touch with us sooner really soon. Um, it's going to be a very busy season, I can tell already. And a lot of uh, folks are running out of supplies, like our distributors are running into some issues. And so therefore, we are as well. Um, so at some point, um, I, I, I'm not quite sure uh, when we might need to actually not take orders. Um, so yeah. we've been really encouraging all of our old customers and any new customers um, the earlier you let us know, um, the better it will be for everyone. Um, awesome. and, oh, and I just want to say one of the things that's very popular. We have this person who purchases every year for her friends. Um, we have this chocolate of the month club, which I think I mentioned is the thing we started off with. Um, every December she gives like a six month chocolate of the month club to like 20 of her friends. And so every month for six months, they get a nice little gift. Um, from this person, uh, which is kind of a nice way to kind of remember someone every month. So that's amazing. Yeah, so that's a good one.
0: Well, Lane, thank you so much for joining and taking us on uh, on this journey. It's it's a great story. Um, obviously, an amazing product. I'm excited to uh, to try it out.
1: Great. I hope you enjoy it.